Hello, everyone, and welcome in to DC Talks Rocks, continuing our theme for the week and wasting no time because there's a lot more positions now. Let's get into talking about free agent targets and generally the state of the Colorado Rockies infield. Let's begin where there's the least amount of drama, thanks to general manager Bill Schmidt signing CJ Crone to the extension, uh, basically day one of the offseason. That takes any question marks about first base pretty much out of order, right? We know that uh, Ryan McMahon can always go over there in a pinch if he needs to, but with Connor Joe and CJ Crone in the mix here, we know Joshua Fuentes will probably still continue to be around, but you feel good about CJ Crone at first base. I particularly feel great about his ability to go back out there and reproduce what he did with the bat, maybe even do a little bit more with an offense around him that could theoretically be more productive. Again, we'll get into all of that later. But if there are more guys around him for a little bit more protection, I think in the middle of the order, C.J. Crone can have a big, big power year next year. Didn't love his defense for the first month or so of the season. After that, he was more than fine as a defender over there at first base. You're not giving up anything with Crone there, and you're getting them at a great price. So you're pretty solid at first base at second base or third base is of course where you're going to have ryan mcmahon so this is basically what we're looking at here on the infield right you've got crone and then you've got mcmahon in one of two spots and he gives you the flexibility to decide on the free agent market whether or not you want to go out and get a second baseman or whether you want to go get a third baseman or whether you want to look internally at third base and spend all of that in the outfield since I just floated that, I'll say that is a concept I'm getting more and more in line with, the idea of Colton Welker and or Elio Harris Montero with, again, some potential Josh Fuentes backup in an emergency. At least you've got great defense there at third base and actually cementing Ryan McMahon over at second. The reason for that is, despite the fact that I love McMahon at third and I love the idea of just leaving him there, and I do think that next year would probably behoove his bat improvement to give him one spot and leave him there. But because I, I still believe he's got 30 home run power in there, he, he's been close to it a couple of times now, right? He's had 20 plus twice. And because of all the things I've talked about a lot before, his age, his cerebral approach to the game, his intensity, his desire to get better, I still think there's a lot of improvement left in that bat. So... It plays up more for me at second base, where when you really look around at, you know, the free agent market or guys who might be available for trade, unless you're going out and getting Chris Taylor, <laughs> if you really want to do that, um, there's really not a, a big thumper at second base, right? It's not a common position to find big thumpers. Brad Miller, interesting Potential candidates, been with Philly for a couple of years. You know, Wilmer Flores, Donovan Solano, Joe Panic, Brock Holt, Osdrubal Cabrera, Jed Lowry. These are the names of guys who are going to be free agents, right? Josh Harrison, as a lot of you know, somebody I've liked for a long, long time. And then you start getting to Chris Owings, you know, who I think the Rockies may bring back as a depth option, especially when we start talking here in a second about shortstop. So I think your potential best option, certainly from internal candidates. If you're not going to go out and get 
a big thumper. Or even if you are, if you want to go and get a big, if you don't think Colton Welker is ready for third base right now, right, I still think you would be better off if you want to sign somebody to help your offense at third base going after even a, you know, if St. Louis exercises their club option against Matt Carpenter and he becomes a free agent. Uh, Kyle Seeger, same situation with Seattle. Those guys are going to make more money, though, and they're all getting up there in age. Uh, you know, Chris Bryant would be a fun one if the Rockies did go big on just a bat and you figure out where you're going to play him. Maybe you do have him some in the outfield, though at Coors I do not recommend it. Have him over there at third base some, but, you know, with some of these other guys, you can move him around a bit. Love Chris Bryant's bat, that's for sure. Don't necessarily love his fit for playing defense at Coors Field. But you can see here why I'm not fully in love with too many of these options, right? Some of these guys would be definite improvements, but I don't think they improve you by the same amount that they would cost. Does that make sense? I don't think that you need to go out and spend 10000 or 10000 <laughs> 10000 sure, $10 million, excuse me, on Eduardo Escobar. You know, and there's every indication that he may just go right back to Arizona in the first place. You know, guys like Jose Ramirez or Kyle Seeger, Chris Bryant are going to break the bank a little bit more for you. Guys like Todd Frazier, too old and ineffective at this point. And so, yeah, I am getting to the point where I think the best thing to do, considering you've got two young guys fighting it out over there at third base who appear to be ready or close to ready in Welker and Montero, and really three because Ryan Vallade has moved into the outfield a little bit, and I can't leave him out of this conversation. He's a factor in all of this as well, and he's played plenty of third base throughout his career. Not really second, though. Any of those guys, they can't play second, so that's why I like moving McMahon over there. Now, those of you who know the roster, and that's everyone listening to this, might at this point in the conversation be wondering, hey, what about the guy who finished the season playing second base and doing so quite well? I've given this quite a bit of thought, and I think Brendan Rodgers is the only logical solution to the hole that will almost certainly be created at shortstop when Trevor Story declines the qualifying offer. If Trevor takes that qualifying offer, again, you've got to rethink all of this, and then I think you're just moving Mac back over to third, leaving Rodgers at second. And again, you're not really spending any free agency money on your infield, right? You're, you're going back out into the outfield, and that's where it's got to go. But even if Trevor leaves, you might think, oh, this creates a huge hole at shortstop, and I've looked at, you know, Andrelton Simmons and a few other people, and I like those ideas. And even if, you know, whoever doesn't work out at third base, Montero, Valade, Welker, none of them work at third, so you've got to move Mac back over there, and you put Rodgers at second and somebody like Alan Trejo just for the the defense of it, a guy I don't think is going to hit, but a really good defender in the system could come up and do it. I've, I've thought about all of these possible scenarios, and I really think that while there are some potential risks here of moving Brendan back to his natural position of shortstop, 
the most basic one being he's not as good defensively as Trevor Story was, which is a high bar to reach, but he's a, a very good defender. He's got very good baseball instincts, uh, you know, not the strongest arm in the world after some injuries he had during his minor league career, but it's gotten back to the point where it plays it short. And you're certainly not getting a substandard defender at shortstop. And some of the things he did uh, throughout this season at second really opened my eyes to his ability. And remember, it is his natural position. It's the one he's played most in his life. It's the one he's most comfortable with, the one he feels like he sees the field best from. And I promise you, just personally, he would be very excited to be an everyday shortstop at the major league level. So then the other concern or question, right, is, is that too big of a an extra challenge to throw on a guy who's had some health issues and is still settling into Major League Baseball, right? And is still, and and I think very nicely, and, and I don't expect him to take big steps backward, but we know progress isn't linear. And you worry about, hey, if you put him in this spot, now he's got to worry so much about making sure he's playing shortstop well enough, is his bat going to suffer? I think that's a legitimate concern. That said, Brendan Rodgers is one of these supernatural athlete people, right? He's one of those guys. And now that we've seen what we have at the major league level, my only concern about Rodgers is just a thing that we uh, non-doctors and scientists really can't speak on other than you know, he's gotten hurt several times. Beyond that, he can do it. I have full faith in Brendan Rodgers' ability to play shortstop at the major league level and certainly to hit with plus power. And now go back around your infield. C.J. Crone giving you good power at first base. 30 home run pop. Maybe even a guy you wouldn't be shocked if he hit 40 home runs, especially if he could be a little healthier next year, a little better start to the season. Uh, some comfort of not being in a new place like he had been five years in a row. C.J. Crone, a bat you're very happy with at first. Ryan McMahon, a bat that's been league average to above, plays up with the home runs, plays up a little bit with the just the smarts of how he plays the game, and you, you see that potential there to get better. Brendan Rodgers, same thing. It's pretty damn good this last year potential to get much better and then at third base you're talking all potential with Welker, Valade, Montero, whoever's swinging the hot stick in spring training if I'm running the team gets the job and we'll we'll go from there knowing that you've got Valade, Montero, Welker and even Joshua Fuente is still in the mix if if he can get his bat going and you know you've got a great defender there if all those other guys are really struggling. But that's a really good group of guys. If you were just counting on one of those guys to be your third baseman of the future, maybe not so much. But that you've got three or four of them makes me go, okay, open up that challenge. Let there be a real true rookie like you did with Trevor Story back in 2016. Though Welker's obviously made a, a bit of a more of a Ryan McMahon debut at the end of this last year, right? Whether it's Welker, and I, I think he's got the inside track. I think he's in the best spot right now. 
the, the most likely candidate to win the job. But if Harris Montero shows up at spring training next year, just launching bombs, run with it. See what he's got. There, the season's long enough that if it doesn't pan out, you can send him back down. You can call up these other guys. You can let third base be a little bit of a revolving door if it has to be, which would be weird after the stability of so long with Arenado and in, even with McMahon this last year. But let him find out. Because there's a lot of talent there and a lot of potential there that as much as I really like some of the outfielders the Rockies have, they don't have that potential to pop and give you way more, right? Rymel Tapia is only going to give you so much more. Charlie Blackman's on the downside of the trend, right? Some of these other guys are fun and interesting. I think where you've got the potential is Sam Hilliard, but we'll get in all the offensive, or I'm sorry, all the outfield stuff tomorrow. Because I see this potential, particularly in Welker, Montero, Valade at third base, that's the main reason I don't think you're going out and, and trying to sign an infielder to solve your offensive issue. Now, the Rockies still do very, you know, like, wait, I listened yesterday, you left the catchers alone. Listen today, and you've got all internal candidates on the infield. The Rockies need more bats. I've said it a hundred times. So, yeah, I'm going to go about trying to get them in the outfield because I think more bats could include. Colton Welker, it could include Heather Harris Montero, it could include Brendan Rodgers taking the step from pretty good to all-star, or Ryan McMahon taking the step from pretty good to all-star, something we've kind of been looking for for a couple of years, and I don't believe by any stretch of the imagination that that's off the table, especially if you can kind of cement McMahon in at a spot every single day, and he can just think about hitting, give you gold glove defense up the middle at second base, which is not something you can be sure of you're going to get from anybody else. He can be right there next to Rodgers as a great mentor and friend. Not that he's that much older than Rodgers, but he's been there a little bit longer. And McMahon, honestly, Ryan McMahon's just a natural leader. He's not even trying to do it. He's just a good, charismatic dude who tries to help everyone around him get better. And having that guy up the middle, this is such an old man baseball thing I'm saying right now. It's like, I love him over there at third. I really do. But having McMahon in the middle of your diamond as an up-the-middle player at second base giving you gold-glove caliber defense and a bat that could produce 25 to 30 home runs, I love it. Right there, Crone right over by him. Rodgers really becoming a thing at shortstop, taking that torch from the, as the next guy, Troy Tulowitzki handed it off to Trevor Story, who hands it off to Brendan Rodgers. And then you've got another potential guy came up through that system just after those two over there at third. You know, I, I'd wondered about going full rookie at, at such a big power spot because the Rockies do need power. They need to hit more home runs. And asking a rookie to be one of those pieces is tough. And I'm sure if I was in the room right now, that's what I'd be arguing with some of the coaches about. Like, You really think Colton Welker, his first year in the big leagues, is just going to go out there and hit 20, 25 home runs? Because that's really what they need. 
out of these power spots. And third base is, make no mistake about it, a power spot. Now, I think you're going to get that out of shortstop, second base, and first. And I'm going to go and try and get it in the free agent market in the outfield. I don't think Charlie's hitting that many home runs anymore. And Toppy has never been a guy who's going to hit that many home runs. I think you got a chance to get 20. They did this last year, 20 to 30 home runs out of your catchers. So it's risky, but I also still think your best path for power is actually internally. When I look around at these numbers, unless you really do open up the book and you go sign, sure, a, a Kyle Seeger, but he's getting up there in age two, wouldn't totally blow my mind if he starts dropping off. I really like this Elio Harris Montero kid who came over in the Arenado trade. And wouldn't that be a coup? Wouldn't that be something for the Rockies to be able to hold their heads up if they're having a really strong start to the 2022 season and both Austin Gomber and Elio Harris Montero are playing a big role in it, right? Dude absolutely mashed at double-A this year and then finished hitting very well at triple-A. We'll get more into the details. I'll go over each one of these guys individually as we go through the offseason. I'm obviously just setting the stage here now for free agency, but that I've looked over all the names. I've, I've brought up their baseball reference pages and fan graphs, and if there's anyone you all out there want to talk about, I'll dive deeper into it and tell you why, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe I, I could get more into Andrelton Simmons or Freddie Galvis or, or something like that as a veteran addition. And like I said, I don't hate the idea of bringing back Chris Owings. You need some depth there. But for your starters, I think you've got your infield. And I think the best path to a better offense is going to come from internal improvement when it comes to your infield. We'll get to the most fun stuff tomorrow. I'll dive deep into it. I left it for last for a reason. There's Lots of guys I find very intriguing to come in, play some outfield at Coors Field, and really give a boost to this offense. And so I'll look at those names, what they would do, how you could build the lineup around them. You might have noticed, you know, as I've been talking about catcher and infield and stuff so far, I haven't really gotten into where everyone would hit in the lineup. That's because it really very much matters who you go and get in the outfield. And I do think also that this is what the Rockies are most likely to do, is go and get an outfielder maybe two, and the addition of the DH, of course, makes all that that much more intriguing. So stick with me here. Spread the word for those who hadn't heard. Every, you know, once I get to 100 patrons, I'm going to do a bobblehead giveaway, the Larry Walker bobblehead. After that, every 10 new patrons, I'm doing a bobblehead giveaway. I've got Adam Adovino's Star Wars. I've got a Nolan Arnauto one. I need to go and look at what all I've got, but really appreciate all your support. And the more people who join us here, the longer I can do this, the more full-time and long-term I can make it. So, yeah, it's it's going to be great. Come and hang out with us. I'm going to be doing sports talk as well as Star Wars, MCU, DC, video games, anything and everything under the sun. Having a lot of fun. Original music, too. I always forget to mention the music in the morning. But appreciate you all for hanging out with me. You've been awesome out there. I've been Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. <laughs>